Chapter Nineteen of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. The morning brought apathy and a passive inclination to let things drift. The performance of household duties in itself helped to carry the moments onward, one by one, in soothing activity without too much leisure for thought where is mr mackenzie i have not seen him to-day said jessamine in the course of her labours turning to mrs mackenzie during the morning her eyes had more than once wandered to the open door and the gate in the yard in vague expectation oh he is just away colin mcgillivray was callin this morning and john was to go with him to the sports at Reichar jessamine's cheek burned as she sedulously rubbed up a chair mr mcgillivray was here then oh yes he would be here early lingerin about just like anyone daft indeed jessamine felt no offence she smiled at the criticism colin i was sayin continued mrs mackenzie he will be restin ye at the wrong end of the day whatever and colin he was just laughin what are the sports asked jessamine knuckling up her white hand and leaning her pink cheek upon it has call i mean mr mackenzie gone away to them oh yes john was to go with colin it will be a change for them what will they do oh it will be a very grand affair indeed they will play the pipes and they will dance the highland reel and they will run and jump and throw the caber and the hammer just all sorts does mr mackenzie join in them oh no he will not be joinin what will he do then oh he will just stand round and watch does colin mcgillivray just stand round and watch too colin mcgillivray will be tryin for a prize he was ever the best at throwin the hammer colin is a strong man whatever jessamine dropped the duster and came up to mrs mackenzie blushing like a rose and wearing a coaxing face mrs mackenzie i want to see the games am i too late can i get there will you let me go i should think i will let you go indeed no you will not be too late but it is not fit for a wee bonny lassie to go her lane it will be fit for me mrs mackenzie because i am not a highland lassie and because i am very canny and know how to take care of myself ah oh, well that will be as it may be said mrs mackenzie with a sigh ye can be seekin out john amongst the crowd and ye can be standin near him and he will just be lookin after ye can i go now just as soon as ye like indeed reichar was a town fifteen miles distant the station was five miles from drynock jessamine would have to walk so far and could then take the train for the rest of the journey her dressing for the occasion was studiedly different from the costume of grey with which the villagers were already familiar she hoped to escape detection in the crowd and to watch mcgillivray in his action among his own people when he was unaware of her presence 
the dress she chose was a simple one of black with a tight-fitting jacket the costume had been made for an unfulfilled purpose of hospital visiting in the old days and it was finished by a close little bonnet and a veil over the face she did not reach reichar until the day was well advanced and the games in spite of highland ease and dilatoriness more than half over the scene was in a field and the arena which was extensive was simply marked out by placing the spectators in a circle in the centre of the space thus formed a number of handsome highlanders some in national costume and some not were expected to display their prowess in feats of strength or grace or agility or in musical skill at the moment of her arrival a reel in costume was going on but a glance sufficed to assure her that colin was not one of the performers indeed neither he nor john was to be seen a few carriages drawn up on the edge of the ring had enabled her to approach unobserved these were surrounded by groups of respectably dressed people and placing herself near she trusted to her proximity to them and to the newness of her dress to conceal her from notice the spectators were with the exception of the few gathered near the carriages composed almost entirely of peasants and she soon detected the feeling of association and familiarity which leads a community of equals to call the members by their christian names and to recognize each one in his individual character and capacity in due season the real the weird grace of which delighted her came to an end the bagpipes however by no means concluded their operations they retired behind a wooden shanty from which the prizes were to be handed and then each piper with a strange and quite magnanimous toleration of the rights of others in the matter of music continued to play each one his own instrument in cheerful and uncomplaining independence marching about the while in plaids and kilts and unabated dignity but the dancers having made their bow and disappeared in a picturesque and medley group a new group of men came now into the centre these were hatless and coatless and clad in jerseys and short cotton drawers among them jessamine's heart leaped up to recognize colin the feat to be performed was tossing the caber and two men appeared bearing what looked like a small tree denuded of its branches and about eight feet long two or three highlanders each in turn raised it only to let it fall again whereupon a great laugh rippled round the circle of spectators and a man carrying a saw and dressed in ordinary working clothes came forward amid the holiday-makers he had a certain irrelevant and prosaic air and he applied his tool stolidly to the caber and made as though he would shorten it the crowd tittered but then colin walked forward with his grave nonchalant bearing and pushed the workmen aside the people clapped in anticipation as for jessamine when she saw him stand there in the pride and ease of his strength the heart within her stirred with a delicious surprise mcgillivray took the caber 
planted his feet firmly and poising it small end downward on his right hand stooped low and then with a mighty movement of his arms and body projected it forward in the air the caber went up a great height and then turned and fell to the ground at a considerable distance onward big end foremost the spectators clapped and shouted and jessamine drew her breath with a quiver it was the sense of achievement this time that dazzled her yes he did that said she he sent that great thing that i could not lift high and far in the air and he looked beautiful as he did it as though it were a trifle he can do things that i cannot imagine the unconscious colin retired modestly after his achievement amid the plaudits of the crowd and the eyes of jessamine followed every one of his movements the exploit next on the programme was leaping over the bar it took the good highlanders a considerable time to erect first the two poles and then to balance the bar across them however they were up at last after falling down three separate times and the game began colin took no part in the leaping but upon his return to the ground there was a marked difference in his demeanour instead of his former collected air a certain restlessness was to be detected he held his head high and walked about with his figure consciously drawn up to its full height his eyes too shining lustrously darted hither and thither over the crowd and he laughed and talked more than his wont after the leaping came putting the weight one or two men walked into the square and acquitted themselves moderately well and then it was colin's turn once more a mcgillivray against all the mcphersons was the cry mcgillivray shook his hair back and presented himself his face smiling and in his eye a curious excited light he took the stone and placed himself in the square the stone weighed about twenty-two pounds having this in his hand and standing on the back line of the square he raised it to the level of his shoulder keeping his elbow directly under it and close to his side his body was balanced on the right leg the right shoulder being drawn back the left leg was raised up from the ground and with the left arm thrown forward to help the poise in this attitude he crouched somewhat as though pressed down by the weight of the stone and then raised it up slowly two or three times to the full stretch of his arm and then he took a quick movement forward and both feet now on the ground but the weight of his body still on the right leg and the right shoulder still held back with a sharp spring and rapid half turn of the body a movement of exceeding grace and strength he propelled the stone holding himself strongly back as his right shoulder swung forward and as his right foot touched the scratch line jessamine saw him after the fine and rapid changes of his attitude with white set face and strongly thrown out arms and well-controlled body held back from following his shot the stone as though it had been veritably projected from some powerful spring whizzed through the air and made its first pitch at a distance of about thirty-five feet 
jessamine did not know that the put was unusual and would be announced in every sporting paper in england nor was she aware how great a part the influence of her own personality had in it but a roar of applause accompanied by hand-clapping burst from the crowd and her heart beat high with pride and joy it's no canny the lad's fay cried out an old fellow who knew mcgillfrey and was accustomed to his quiet and cautious ways and colin the excitement playing over his face stepped back a pace or two and stared round as though dazed by his own achievement for indeed in that moment he touched as it were the high-water mark of his life throwing out in the way most possible to him a sudden expression of that fuller personality which lies latent and hidden under the everyday character to escape but in those rare hours when some deep stirring of the nature carries it forward for an instant to a higher plane of action then he ran laughing from the field a group of peasant girls near jessamine were shouting with delight clapping and cheering with might and main and what they were saying sank suddenly upon her ear ah colin's fay they cried colin's fay see the big man runnin' through the field like a bit laddie ay it will no be canny colin's fay jessamine felt the interest and exhilaration die suddenly out of her heart she wanted to escape and to get home slinking out of the crowd she hastened to the station determining to take the next train back but arrived there she found there was an hour to wait and that time had to be passed in the waiting-room which was as dreary as such places usually are a time-table of the highland railway hung on one wall a bundle of texts in gaelic upon the other in her heart instead of any pleasant thinking went the peasant girl's cry of colin's fay in and out of the room came an occasional passenger some highlander in costume returning slightly intoxicated from the games some dull respectable scotchman of the lowlands travelling on business a family group dragging about with them a half-witted member a laird and the laird's man there was nothing in the surroundings to mitigate the sense of horrible dullness or the prevision of evil which had fallen upon her colin's fay still rang in her ears and with it the inevitable sequence people are fay in scotland before a great calamity falls what have i done to colin it was getting toward dusk when she arrived at the end of the short railway journey and stepped from the train and then a walk of five miles lay before her the road was long and lonesome and silent to begin with the banks on either side were high for the road ran through a cleft of the hills and they leaned close upon it with an overshadowing of woods which made it gloomy after a mile or so the small cleft widened to a broad valley the hills retired on either side and the road ran as an exposed white line over a moor-covered and partially cultivated country 
just now when a break in the woods permitted her to see it a beautiful light lay on the tops of the hills but this was drawing away and the sky above her gathered already in depth she met few people one or two traps overtook her and once a group of gypsy tramps passed by but the traffic was small she had walked on for about a mile and dusk was really closing when a dog-cart shot past her at a great rate looking after it she recognized the figures of john mackenzie and colin mcgillivray they did not notice me said she and i am glad another quarter of a mile brought her to a fir wood it closed the road in upon either side and leaning against the fence under the shadow she saw the figure of a man she advanced with some feeling of trepidation but as she approached the figure came out and stood in the road confronting her ah it is you said she with a quiver of mingled gladness and timidity i'm thinking it will be me said the low laughing voice of colin he stood in front and stopped her the heart in her breast was agitated and yet felt heavy as lead looking up with an effort she realized at once from the expression of his face the magnitude of the change which yesterday had made in their relations a word the touch of human lips on each other and causes are started which go palpitating on with the whole of life for their circuit perhaps with the infinite space of ages it's me repeated colin and i'm just hungerin for you shall i take your arm and shall we walk down the road together asked she timidly with the sense of warding off some greater proposition by a less that will not be enough said he and before she had time to surmise his intention he gathered her to his breast lifting her in the fervor of his embrace almost off her feet she gazed up at the strong masterful tender face with something like terror it was all so different from her expectation i am frightened set me down let us walk on she murmured involuntarily now there will be no one comin i could carry ye as i was doin before my arms ache for ye oh no no i it frightens me colin you have given me no kiss her heart beat terribly present to her mind was the strong direct strength he had both of mind and body the fierce candor and simplicity before which she was helpless colin i have something to say said she grasping for safety at straws i will jessie my do i saw you at the sports i'm thinking you did i saw you just as the leapin began and it was like wine in my heart nothing would have been too high for me to-day colin no no let me walk by your side ay a maid knows well how to plague a man you must not talk that way they were saying to-day when you threw so well that you were fay 
fay was i i was to believe them i'm thinking if they were saying so a while ago but not after yesterday jessie fay or no i have all i am wanting now and more than my best dreams was yesterday so much asked she at her wit's end oh yes yes why lassie would it be small to ye his voice held a disconcerted tone and that was as intolerable to jessamine as his unquestioning claim upon her no colin no it was not small luke my wee bonny jessie said he tenderly i love you true there will not be a corner of me that does not love you you just will be my heart yes colin thank you i like to be your heart you passed in a dog-cart with mr mackenzie just now how was that did he see me too no he was not seeing you i saw you i just thought that the machine would do vera weel without me and i said to john i would just be walking the rest of the way it was quite dusk and i was close to the hedge yet you saw me i'm thinking i would be feeling you if you were near whether i saw you or not but i saw you jessie my dearie there are eyes in my heart are there colin yes now for my kiss she raised a vainly protesting hand jessie said he solemnly and he pushed the hair back from her brow with one hand while he held her with the other arm you must love me true oh colin i do i do he gazed down upon her face with a long grave yearning look the eyes that opened wide upon his after his kiss were dim with something like terror he vaguely perceived it you will be trembling lassie said he tenderly she made no answer but caught at the lapel of his coat ah weel trembling will just be the way of a maid come closer and you winna tremble no said jessamine in a choking voice let us go on and you're greeting lassie for why what will you be greeting for oh colin perhaps that's just a maid's way too perhaps but i'm thinking we will just make the most of to-day for to-morrow i shall be away away where oh it will only be a sale of corn to which i'm bound to go with john when shall you be back oh by evening she walked on a short distance in silence they reached the open road and then she pulled him by the sleeve wait a minute there is something to say listen to it now ay jessie what will it be my loo she was so white that a vague apprehension dawned on his heart will you remember what i am going to say always i will ever remember it what will it be my do she placed a hand on either shoulder and looked him full in the face it is that i love you colin and ever shall and ever must till death comes 
believe it always remember it always whatever happens he took her hand down from his shoulder and held it in his own it will be a great matter to say that jessie my wee wife but it will be true for i feel it in my own heart after that they walked on soberly together speaking little but her hand rested on his arm and his feet trod on air for herself the unexpectedness and directness of his love-making were at once a terror and charm he appeared not to dream of circuitous preliminaries gift bestowing court fictitious distance and compliment paying seemed not to enter his head the simplicity and ingenuousness of his passion now his reserve was once broken down had in it something inflexible and austere his love tokens were the pressure of his arms the thrill of his voice the look in his eyes and these signs in himself he evidently considered sufficient and that with them she should be well pleased just as in her they were for him all satisfying End of chapter nineteen